You know, you were the youngest looper I ever hired. You look ridiculous, they said. <laughs> Blunderbuss up to here on you. I remember they brought you in. I forget what it was for. Watch shop. Mm, that's, yeah. You rolled one of our fronts, a watch shop. And they had you, you know, you know, this kid, just like an animal. But you, you looked at me, your hair stuck to half your face, just one eye looking at me. I could see, like seeing it happen on the TV, the bad version of your life, like a vision. I could see how you'd turn bad. So I changed it. I cleaned you up and put a gun in your hand. Hello, loud, the and I just wanna make love to the whole globe and all her good friends. That I've heard so far are really just like the same songs that they had, but without backing music or anything like that. So I don't think it's going to catch me. I mean, I think deep down inside that I'll never love an Outkast album more than Aquemini. Yeah, you really but, got into that one. I mean, I hear you. But Stankonia was up Stankonia. there, right? <laughs> Stankonia. So if it wasn't for the fact that there exists a love below Stankonia would definitely be my number one. Yeah, I know Douglas was going to say that nonsense. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and the truth We're... is, to be honest with you, Damien, there are times when Stankonia is number one. Because also, it, was, it wasn't the first one I'd heard, but it was the first one that I really connected with, that I was just like, okay, I am in with these people, you know? I do not like your speaker box album, sir. <laughs> Where where where's your where's your outcast number one, Damien? There's only one answer. Douglas knows the answer. You know the answer. It's a criminal. Yes. Right. Alright, cool. Fuck a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> so hi and welcome to the Unnamed Movie Podcast. This is Andrew. This is still Damien. <laughs> and this is, thankfully, Douglas. So we'll yes, outcast, outcast news aside. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, 2020, we've had an That's election. That's Cameron, not outcast, okay? <laughs> Keep your hip-hop, 90s hip-hop references straight. Um, since we last recorded, there's been an election. Um, and there's still a crazy person in the White House refusing to leave. So, you know, 2020, undefeated, right? Uh, crazy is subjective. Um, stupid? Can I say stupid? <laughs> and the survey says... But anyways, we're here to talk about movies and the, and the movie films. So we're here in 2020 to start by discussing the latest film from, um, brought to us by nepotism, one Mr. <laughs> Brandon Cronenberg. Um, his film Possessor, and as IMDb tells me, it reminds me, it is Possessor Uncut. You have a very special nature. One we've worked hard together to unlock.
Omnial. The results are normal. Anything you want to flag? No. No, I'm fine. Mom! Hi, darling. How was your trip? Dull. Extraordinarily dull. So, yeah. The film takes us into a future, or I just assume it's future because, you know, they have, like, mind-taking-over technologies in which there's a technology in which you can basically take over another human being's body. Um, And these individuals are utilizing this technology in order to commit assassinations. Um, We watch on as Jennifer Jason Lee and Andrea Riseborough um, play the main characters who are managing this crew. J- Jennifer Jason Leigh playing the manager and Andrea Riseborough playing the agent who is jumping into other people's bodies and committing murders. Um, Douglas, you brought this to the podcast, so why not you kick it off? I shall. Um, I have something to admit. I have a couple of things to admit. But the first thing that I'm going to admit is that this is not the movie that I... <laughs> I thought that was going to be. Um, this is not the movie that I recommended to the podcast. As in, like it's as in, like it it went different places. It or, definitely went different places. Or you didn't see, you didn't even know there was like, you didn't know this was anything. <laughs> no, I knew. All right, so so this is one of those times where I should have known is going to start off all of what 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 this whole conversation is going to be, right? I should have known. Why? Because I, in fact, we all here have watched David Cronenberg movies. We should know that Cronenbaby, Brandon Cronenberg, would not fall too far from the tree, from the proverbial familial tree. Uh, And he did not um, in, in this film... Um, actually, I think he was a lot more refined, a lot, a lot less Cronenbergian, if you will, than Daddy Cronenberg. But still, very much with that aesthetic and that um, uh, a feel. Um, so, let's start off with my introduction. I, I, as always, there is generally a weird or a stupid reason for me to, to bring a movie here. And this one was actually uh, not as bad a reason. The, the simple thing is, I saw the trailer for this movie and thought it looked interesting. Saw the name and said, sure, let's give this fella a try. Now, here is where the I should have known and the this is a completely different movie than what it should have been collide. Uh, the trailer said in big bright letters, Brandon Cronenberg, son of Mr. Cronenberg. Um, <clears throat> so I should have known this movie would be some 20 levels of crazy. But here is the movie that the trailer promised me. First of all, as you said, Andrew, there is this technology. And just to sidetrack a little bit, this is one of those sci-fi movies, the way that it's set up, that I love. I love the way movies like this work, where 
they put they, they go up front they're like listen i'm sci-fi um some of the stuff here obviously can't exist in the real world but i love when they do that in in a scenario they create a scenario for you where they're like listen this is essentially the real world. This is kind of the place that you know. You understand all the rules here. There's nothing different except for this one thing. And as you say, Andrew, that one thing is the reason we get the name of this film, Possessors. They have created some form of technology. Obviously, it is very secret where you are able to possess someone else's body. You are able to jump into someone else's body and control that person, be that person for however long. Over the, the period of the movie, you find out that there are some rules, but also that those rules can be broken, as with every shitty sci-fi movie. Um, but that there are some rules to it. But essentially, you go into this body, you control it, and you're able to do whatever you want, right? Um, the movie I was promised which I think actually would be a great use of, of this conceit, was as follows. This lady assassin, by the way, the, first of all, the concept of using this to assassinate people is genius. Let's just give him that. But the movie I was promised is this lady assassin you know, she is an assassin. She does this for a living. She knows how to pop in and out of people, and it's great. Then there is, you know, how movies work, right? It may not be the one last job, but either it's the one last job or this is that big job that something goes wrong. <clears throat> and when that thing goes wrong, there are consequences. And what the consequences are, because she is not abiding by, she's not towing the line, is that somebody, while she is possessing the person, this innocent bystander who will be framed for the killing she is doing, her body is possessed by somebody else. And her body now um, essentially invades her family and um, madness ensues and her family is threatened and she needs to to sort that out. That would be a great, shitty action movie. Damien, do you not agree? That no, premise... no, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, please <laughs> do not try to lead the witness. <laughs> Objection overruled. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really love that, that concept. To me, that would be a great... Obviously, you know, it's not going to be anything... Uh, very thinkified. Maybe it's you're looking more, for like an upgrade level of movie. Maybe a little more than upgrade. I, I I was feeling more like a Chris Nolan. That sounds Chris Nolan. Objection. Right? Objection. <laughs> uh, Andrew, please leave Douglas alone to die here. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's a problem. That's not what we got. Uh we got, and by the way, the second thing I need to admit is that I made no notes for this movie. Um, actually, we have two movies to talk about today. I made no notes for either of them. And the reason I made no notes for this movie is because I was just completely blown away by, let's just say, what was presented before me. 
Um, the vast gap between what was promised, what I expected, and what was laid at my feet. And I am not going to bash this movie too much. It's my fault. And also, not only is it my fault, but this movie was... Ah, it ticked all the boxes. It was technically good. Um, this movie was definitely Cronenbergian, though. And if that is what you want, if you are here to kind of watch this... I don't quite want to call it meandering because that's, that's a, a little bit harsh. But uh, almost an abstract version of a film where uh, there is it's it's mm, just kind of lots of quite a few crazy visuals. Um, there is a through line, and it does get somewhere, but it's not. It's very. Um, in turn, it's, it's, it, it, it doesn't have a lot of push, right? Really and truly, what this movie ended up becoming was an examination of this assassin, her character, um, and her, like where she was in her headspace. And, um, and it ended like, actually, kind of en ended up liking the ending, um, but. It almost ended where you kind of look at yourself and you say, so why does this movie exist? Why did I spend this long to get from A to B, to get from the start where these characters were to where they are now? Because this really is just these characters just blowing up everything. Um, uh, I think maybe it might it might be good for us to to talk about where this movie goes and to spoil it a little, little bit, and I won't go there yet, so that you guys can get a chance to to say whatever you have to say. But um, what I'll say in terms of my level of enjoyment of this film is I'll never watch it again. Um, I didn't really like it that much um, but I appreciate what he was trying to do, there are definitely some, some good things about this um, and you know, but they're kind of few and far between well not few and far between, but they're kind of specific things that you have to already be looking for and it's not enough to to get somebody like me who was ready and rearing for a movie that required not much thought and that was going to be fun to to get behind. So, uh, Damien. No, no, no. Let me I'm have not, it. Andrew Robinson. No, I'm going to let, let you have to take this one, Damien. You have to, you have to roll up here. All right. Uh, uh. A couple of weeks ago, we talked. Was it last week? We talked about Scream, and uh, 
watching Scream was genuinely painful. <laughs> because uh, the people what made Scream thought that they had a movie on their hands. They didn't. Uh, everything about Scream's parts is bad. The story is bad. The acting is bad. The concept is bad. All parts were trash. And then I sat here and listened to Andrew Robinson use his words, all his words, to try and explain to me why this movie wasn't an affront to movies. And Andrew was wrong. And now, not one podcast later, I have to sit here and listen to Douglas say things like appreciate. <laughs> Words he only uses when he doesn't like a thing, but doesn't want to say this is garbage. <laughs> so we don't use the strong language because is it, you know, is it scream bad? No. And in doing that, it is a, the worst kind of movie. It is something that clearly someone with talent said, let me do this, and then failed across the board. Douglas, your movie sucks. <laughs> uh, is it a fun action romp? No. Is it a mind-bending story that causes you to think? No. What is it? It is David Cronenberg's offspring doing what his father used to do, which is waste a lot of my time. <laughs> and if you, if you look closely, like Andrew tends to do, you can construct a whole world of nonsense about why this movie isn't actual garbage. And if you take a step back, you'll see that there's nothing in front of you. It's like a magic trick. It is a wasting of time multiplied by a wasting of time. And what you end up with is nothing. <laughs> you look back. Here's how bad this movie is. I watched this movie last week. And then before we started this podcast, I looked at the name of the movie and then had to look at the trailer. To remind myself what this movie was. <laughs> that is how instantly forget <laughs> this movie. And I watched a trailer, which I hadn't seen before. And I went, I see now why Douglas picked this movie. Because the trailer ticked all the Douglas boxes. But we've been doing this podcast long enough that I thought that Douglas would have seen the glaring red flag what said Cronenberg and stay as far away from this as possible. But no, Douglas decided that I was having too good a time in 2020. So how can I ensure that Damien is miserable at least for two hours of his life? Uh, and Douglas, I mean, if that was your aim, then I'll say mission accomplished. Uh, but here's what I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear 
what you thought this movie thought <laughs> it was going to be. That's not a movie. <laughs> right? Maybe the Velociraptors could have been in this movie. Right. The last person that came to me with what he thought the movie thought it was was Prometheus. <laughs> that movie is garbage. <laughs> if you look at it, you're like, there's actors in there. There's a story here. And aliens came out at some point. But a movie's trash. And then I sat and listened to Andrew use words and Douglas like Douglas started by saying I'm never watching this again which is how you want to I'm <laughs> over are you not going to watch it because it was so affecting did it challenge you so much that you're just like I don't think I'll be willing to to emotionally invest in this story again it was too much no that is not why Douglas isn't watching this again. Hmm? Is it that Douglas wants to preserve this initial viewing and hold it close to him as uh, Junior Cronenberg's first film? I don't know if he has other films. I'll never know. I'm not watching any of them. So it doesn't matter. No, Douglas is not doing any of those things. Douglas is defending a bad pick. Guess <laughs> what Douglas is. Douglas is doing what every football club both NFL and real, does when they make terrible decisions. <laughs> they come out and they're like, no, we believe in him. And then two days later, you read, X player has been transferred. Now, people might have realized that I'm not getting into the specifics of this film. And I'm doing that intentionally because I dislike all David Cronenberg movies. Someone will say, Damon, what about true. the fly? What about Dead Ringer? <laughs> what about I was the... going to bring up Dead Ringers. Yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. What about the fly? And I'll say, no. And then, of course you guys brought up Dead Ringers because you guys know I'm always horny for... <laughs> <laughs> for... Scar. <laughs> and I mean, what, what if you what if we gave you two scars in right. one movie? Right. His name, what? by the way, guys, mm-hmm. to be very clear, his name is not Scar. Okay. His name is Scar. Scar. <laughs> uh, and what I'll say is, I will watch two scars in anything. However, that is not that does not a good movie make. Is Dead Ringers good? No. Scar's performances are fantastic. But, uh, Andrew, what's the... Give me a synopsis of the story in, in Dead Ringers. Um, two brothers. Mm-hmm. I believe they are in... They're like... Gynecologists. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and they go crazy, like getting more and more experimental with their science medicine things. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a terrific movie. It it does not. Oh. And for the record, I recall hating that movie when we yes. spoke about it. But uh, I also recall Damian White defending it like it was the greatest. Do you, do you um, remember that he has to shine? 
I don't remember. Right. I, I was defending two scars. <laughs> I did not object to anything that he said. You can run back the tape. That was not mine. <laughs> that was not me going, no, Douglas, you are incorrect. I, I absorbed everything you said, flatly ignored it, and focused on what was important. Uh... Is the the only question I have now is which director do I hate more? There's one man that is deliberately trying to ruin my life. Uh, Andrew loves him. Mm-hmm. He made um, the Sea of Life something mm-hmm. less of who cares and. He also had someone, I don't think it's his son, but who cares? Uh, let's say his son make a terrible movie <laughs> that was brought to this podcast. We watched and, that movie? <laughs> yes, we did watch that movie. <laughs> That's how good that movie was. Oh, yeah, I do remember. And, we, <laughs> yeah. and, and I started by saying that, why does this look like a Terry M movie? And then I realized why. <laughs> and we did watch that movie. Cronenberg oh, yeah. said, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I've been subjected to this awful... Uh, listen, I don't have to tell anybody not to watch Cronenberg movies because the only people that watch them are people like us. And you already know whether or not you're ever going to watch anything from David Cronenberg again. And so... If you know the name, you've already made a decision. <laughs> Lots of people have made the wrong decision. That is fine. Uh, but Andrew, when are we doing a David Cronenberg marathon again? Is it this week? I mean, we can. All I'll do is when he puts out this podcast, I'll play it through the microphone. <laughs> <So> <laughs> regardless of what movie we're talking about. That would give it the um the Cronenberg aesthetic. Yeah. I mean this micro this this podcast just being um looped and looped and looped and the, the feedback just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, that would yeah, just be, be fun. Like, uh, yeah. Like he on the fir- on the first episode he plays this recording and the next one he gets the recording of the next episode I just kind of it comes an echo chamber of itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always a good sign when the only good thing we can say about movies is coming up with our very own answers. It's always <laughs> a great sign. <laughs> no one wants to talk about this dross. And we've, <laughs> we've settled on, let's make dumb jokes about how bad this movie is. But <laughs> So I guess it's time, yeah, it's time for me to step in then. It's time for me to step in then. That because someone I have here. things to say about this movie. <laughs> yep. and, and I feel that my position must be heard. Yes. Guys, I think I like this movie. Oh! Hot take! Okay. <laughs> I knew it. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to let Damon have the last word and like shit all over this thing at the end. Yes. Like, I want to bring good, in good the positivity. Yeah, man. I want to bring in the positivity. Right? Um, I think I like this movie and I have a few caveats to that, right? I think I like this movie in the way that I like to see early filmmakers and I'm like, all right, you got, you're getting there, right? Like this movie ain't perfect, right? 
but there are a lot of things I liked about it. I loved the Cronenberginess um, specifically. I loved like the technology. Uh, Douglas brought it up. It does remind me a lot of like Nor- Nolan story structure sort of things. You could you could literally take the story, the the idea of Inception, and this is the movie where he's going into people's minds, but now he's like going into bodies and doing things and. You could have taken that story anywhere, but instead of taking it into the inception lane of like this massive heist movie and the action and the action thing that Damien wants in his mind and would love, and that's perfectly valid for Damien to like that movie versus this one. I will make that perfectly clear. I am not telling people that Damien is wrong, but he's wrong. Um, <laughs> what I adored about this movie, however, and I think it really showed for me watching this movie because the first like 45 minutes of this movie I felt were the most plain parts of this movie where it was just kind of getting you through the beats of like, this is what the technology does. These are the rules. The, you can see that she's working on her things, stuff like that. Um, for me, it was like the last hour of this movie where everything is going wrong, right? Where she's not having complete control and things are going crazy. And there's specifically some scenes that I just adored, like the way they made me feel watching this movie. Um, I don't think I've seen anything as frightening this year. Well, actually, you know, we jokingly say 2020 is more frightening than the movies, but you know, <laughs> uh, let us let me limit it to what we see in movies, right? <laughs> Um, I don't think I've seen anything as frightening this year as the image of when her face changes to that mask, right, in this movie, because it's, it's, it was weirdly not just frightening, but aesthetically pleasing, like even the sound design that they had in, in that moment where it was just kind of like, and it, like, it was one of those moments that I was just like, oh shit, like that, that got me, um, I even love like the way he does um, the the imagery when it's going between the real world and like in the mind sort of thing with that yellow light. Um, like I just love all of those aspects of this movie. And while the movie at the end of the day is just a so-so science fiction movie, if you just take like the whole thing together, like looking at these pieces kind of like what Damien was talking about saying that, you know, if you look, you can see this whole world he's built. And yes, I saw the whole world and it was gorgeous. It's so so easy. It's like I've been Um, doing this podcast with people for years. Um, I I truly enjoyed like what 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 he had to like deliver to me in like their his own little science fiction world and I I loved it like I'm sorry Damien it got me right it, it, I got got oh I know <laughs> um, are you telling me you didn't think him wearing that mask was creepy as fuck Andrew Robinson. Halfway through this movie, I would have gone if if it were possible to bet money on what Andrew thinks about a movie. <laughs> I'd have bet everything I own that <laughs> Andrew Robinson likes this movie. <laughs> that is how obvious and basic your taste in shitty movies is. <laughs> 
Especially with Renata beside me, just yeah. looking at me like, yeah. <laughs> Renata must have been like, I don't even know if I still like this fool. <laughs> she, she wasn't. She wasn't even really watching the movie. Like she was doing her work for like the first half, mm-hmm. and then like I think she only watched like the last half an hour really of this mm-hmm. movie because then she's like, oh, I've done my work. I'll sit down and watch whatever's on this television. Yep, and that's why this is our last podcast for the next six months. Yep. We've been we've been officially banned for six months. Like, there has been a decree from up on high. She's like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I will not sit here and accept all of this abuse. It is not fair to me. I mean, can we get can we get an appeal going, Andrew? And um, maybe maybe we can get a, a temporary lift of the ban oh, for the two weeks. So yeah, like we get one more episode in. Exactly, a temporary lift for the ban. Um, uh, and I am willing. I mean, I, I I know we have to like negotiate and come to some sort of um, terms. agreement terms. Maybe. If it is that Renata picks all the movies and that's the only way we get to do the podcast, <laughs> all right, fine. Yeah, I'll accept, I'll accept those terms. I mean, the truth is, the three of us right now, our record is just, oh, I mean, oh, somebody else should pick the movies, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I was wrong. looking at the spreadsheet the other day and mm-hmm. I feel like since like, the first couple episodes of the year, we haven't had an agreement in the positive in a long time. <laughs> I'm not saying none of us has not liked a specific movie, but yeah. we haven't had enough of an agreement to like shade it green <laughs> in the fridge. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's like been... we keep watching trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, Damon, you yes. got me. I mm. like this movie. Oh, Andrew, um, I oh, but Andrew Robinson, I I was tempted to say. I am guaranteeing that Andrew, like, while talking about this movie, I was just like, I am guaranteeing that Andrew likes this movie. Because it is this type of vapid nonsense. <laughs> I love that word, vapid. Yeah. <laughs> on its face looks like, oh yeah. And then you look at it and you're just like, no, this movie isn't saying anything. It's just garbage. <laughs> and, oh, but all they need to do is just sprinkle a little bit of world building. And Andrew's the Andrew's so so thirsty for that world building. Oh do anything I mean, for it. I mean Star Wars has let me down with the end of their trilogy. Like I'll take it where I can get it. I mean, there is a Mandalorian and it gave me Timothy Oliphant. So I mean you know. Andrew's just yep. like listen. Listen, you build a world, I suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, man. It's wow. like, I can't wait for Andrew to try. I knew Douglas was going to half-ass it. Um, no, sorry. I figured that is what was going to happen, but there was every chance Douglas would actually like this movie. But he doesn't. He's just lying to himself. Yeah. No, no. I, I don't like this movie. I'll be very clear. I don't like this movie. But um, it is technically good. And there are things, like with anything, Damien, I know you like to just go on the extremes. And I do. I go out on the limb there with you a lot. But there are definitely things that are positive about this movie. <laughs> do they outweigh the No, they do not. They it. do not. I am there with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
why am I forced to <laughs> pretend that and garbage it, is not garbage? And it really upsets me, right? Um, I actually think it's an interesting way they end, but it upsets me the way they end. And just to say, all of you listeners, for the next, I would say, maybe five minutes, because I don't think anybody is going to come down this road with me. We're about to speak about some things that happen that you probably don't want to hear about. Or if you do, please come along with us. But we're about to spoil some things. So, yeah, um, this movie ends yes. with essentially... So, first of all, as, as, as you say, Andrew, this woman who is inside a man's body is starting to lose control. You see it from the beginning of the movie and it gets uh, more and more uh, acute as the movie goes along that she's having problems controlling the person she's inside. And um, you don't necessarily know exactly what it is at first, but you realize at the end they make it very painfully clear that there is the psyche of this person underneath trying to claw themselves out so that they can actually control themselves again. And um, she, obviously, because maybe because she's done it so many times and she's tired, I don't know, um, she is unable to, to, to wrestle control back from, from this ghost inside of her shell. Um, <laughs> But <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> but I should watch that movie again. No, you should not. None of them are good. <laughs> All right, the first one is bad. The second one is god awful. I, w- I want to try and disagree with him, but I think Douglas might be right. <laughs> I think I just saw that as a teenager. <laughs> yes. And fell in love with the animation. <laughs> yes. I agree. Oh, I, it's do, so I do remember thinking, this is such a cool movie when I was young because it's Japanese. But no. <laughs> um, Don't you dare put some you... respect when you say anime into your voice. <laughs> why Dubs he... not subs. Why does he make it sound so dirty when he says <laughs> feel unclean (laughs) but yeah so so where this movie ends it ends with there being that that fight for control and um you kind of get the feeling that there are moments when she is her and there are moments when she is he when she is the original person that that takes over and they're kind of fighting and they almost like start to negotiate start to actually talk to each other and at the end of the movie she literally kills her fucking family right she kills her family and you have to decide and i know what i've decided but you have to decide who killed her family right was it her mm-hmm. or was it him and so again we talk about or I spoke about this movie kind of um, rolling in on itself, kind of bringing it back, not exactly to the beginning, but to a place where you're just like, what the fuck? Um, because in the beginning, you find out that she's separated from her husband. Um, then you find out she actually has a child with her husband. Um, and she has said to her handler, let's call um, Jennifer Jason Lee her handler, that, listen, I... Um, don't I, I think I'm too dangerous for these people. I don't think I should be around them, and that is one of the reasons why I've left them. And there's this whole thing about coming out of uh, the possession and trying to like 
become yourself again and there's a process behind it and they kind of show that she may not while she gets there it may take her some time and there may be some bits and pieces missing right so a bit that might be missing is the things like why did i leave these people again that kind of don't make sense to me um but by the end of the movie she kills her family the thing that is supposed to keep her anchored and i have made the decision I don't know what you guys have made. Um, maybe it just doesn't matter, especially to Damien. It doesn't matter, probably. But I have made the decision that she was herself. That she, the mother of this child, the husband to this fella, killed her family. I don't know why. I agree with that decision, with that, <laughs> with that reading. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why she, exactly why she would. There, she, And it's almost like she realizes it almost feels like she just popped back into her head saw what was happening and was like you know what the best thing for these people is to not be around me and i'll solve that by killing them <laughs> um and i'm just like yeah really really and then also another thing that happens and it's actually it was actually clear to me before they decided to make it clear to to the audience but and this is another thing and i'm going to back up a little bit i'm sorry i'm i'm, I'm not being very straightforward a big piece of this technology that they tell you from in the middle of the movie is that it's not just any and everybody you can jump into this is clearly something that needs to be premeditated. You need to, there's hardware involved. And so they make it very clear. As I said, Andrew, there's, there's some beats that they make sure that you, you hit where they teach you about how this thing works. And one of the things that they teach you is that they need to kidnap the person so that they can drill inside of their brain and insert some sort of machinery so that you can jump into them. Which is great. It's fine. It makes sense from the, from the perspective of this needs to be scientific. Right? And sure. Okay. Fast forward to the end of this movie where it is clear to me because the son tries to kill her mother. His mother. Sorry. Um, that the son has been incepted. Now, that would be fine if we had admitted from day one that this was just magic and that anybody is susceptible to becoming an agent. Or maybe them knowing that this could happen, they already kidnapped the child no. like years ago and put in the tech. Potentially, right? But listen here. I'm just letting it be out there. Listen right? here. <laughs> Right. I agree with I agree with your nitpicky questions. <laughs> right. I get where you're going and I and I and I and I want to give you a hug and say it'll be okay. Right. I'm just saying I dug the world enough that I let that fly. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. And that's not even like the biggest thing that I have with this. The biggest thing is that I, I cannot I mean, there is something is it cathartic? catharsis that i'm thinking but there is something just wrong just sad just amazingly let's call it fucked up that this woman is like ready now she's like all right i'm gonna kill my family mm -hmm. so that she can wake up 
she can be with her friend Jennifer Jason Lee, and she can take over in her role as whatever that role is because that's that's then the end right you wake up and they look each other in their eyes they have this bond this connection because jennifer jason lee would never leave her alone in a body where she would slowly die for real she went out there even after she said i can't do this again because it's too much for my mind she did it to save her friend, and now they can be together and fuck that, <laughs> right? Um, it's so like self-involved in not even just a selfish way, but like an actively murderous and um, uh, just horrific way that they have ended this movie by creating this horrific horrendous scene horrendous act in order for these two lovebirds to be together and oh my god I, I kind of both respect but fucking hate this movie because of it <laughs> hey, hey Douglas yeah it's almost like this movie's trapped <laughs> it's almost like they put that at the very end because someone watched this movie and said what is this movie because i do not feel anything for any of these people what is this ending then he said what if we break all our rules and kill everybody huh and no one said you shouldn't make movies they just said here's some money knock yourself <laughs> but listen Andrew has already explained away that a thing that they did was kidnap her son mm -hmm. ahead of the... A thing they didn't hint at at any point. At all. A thing that Andrew is doing in his mind. <laughs> Not the movie that I saw. Right. Andrew has built his own movie <laughs> in his mind. And what a mind it is. I'm just like, <laughs> you okay, Bjorn. You should try it sometime. It's really fun to do. Hey, hey, if I wanted to build movies in my mind, I wouldn't want... I'd read books. That's Tim what and, I would do. Tim, and listen, this is, this is movie world building 2.0. Yeah. In world building 1.0, you actually build a world. Mm -hmm. In world building 2.0, you build a world where some assembly post-production <laughs> is required. <laughs> And that makes it all the better. That's Douglas said, hey, Andrew, this doesn't make any sense. And Andrew said, but what if... <laughs> hear me up. What if this thing that no one said was possible happened? And that would explain this gap in the movie that is making it actively bad. That is what Andrew says. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I like, I'm glad that you're acknowledging my additions to the podcast. Yeah, man. And that's, it's very good to watch movies and talk about movies with people where what I saw is bad and what Andrew sees is a thing I can't see because I do not reside in his mind. <laughs> Andrew's like, no, Damon, you're not seeing it. <laughs> When I close my eyes, I see the numbers. <laughs> it's the Matrix, David. I tell you, it's the Matrix. 
<laughs> what is happening? Uh, but yeah, good good move. I changed my mind. You know what? Good move. <laughs> I expect to see it among your library forever. I guess. I guess now this move is Tom approved. Yeah, yeah. You you put this one in green. I won. I won. <laughs> so that years from now, when I'm going through, and I'm like, the fuck is this movie? <laughs> I watched it more right? They're right. side by side. I watch the trailer and then immediately call Andrew. And when he doesn't answer, just send a string of expletives to his phone. <laughs> he won't understand. I won't understand. <laughs> just move on. <laughs> Well, I think that kind of wraps up that one. I think let's move along yeah. to our final entry in the one Mr. David Lean Hobson's Choice. I've been watching you for a long time. And everything I've seen, I've liked. I think you do for me. What way, Miss Maggie? You're walking out with me. Peel Park, Sunday. You put aside your weakness for my Maggie if you were liking for a sound skin. I was none wanting thy Maggie. It was her that was after me. But I tell you this, Mr. Robson, if you touch me with that belt... Oh, my God. It's not... It's these goofy movies. <laughs> so, here we are in the year 1954, uh-huh. and David Lean decides to do a comedy by the title of Hobson's Choice, in which Henry Hobson, the owner of a successful boot-making shop, mm-hmm. has three daughters, who he has decided one morning has finally ruled him too long and says i know what i'm going to do i'm going to sell sorry marry my women <laughs> marry my daughters off um my oh, two oh, youngest daughters because well the, oldest one is, well the oldest one is way is way too old for marrying yes she can't do that anymore yeah uh-huh. she's like 30 um, that's ridiculous 30. She oh. gone past. She's she's she expire. She's actually um, made. No, she expire. <laughs> can you imagine? She's overripe. Yeah. And the, thirty. Ugh. The movie follows along as Henry Hobson attempts to find um a decent gentleman for these women, while at the same time, um, his eldest daughter, the way too old for marrying age, takes takes it upon herself to solve her problems and to get her own husband and move up in the world. Um, I think I'll start here. You guys have slowly been talking throughout these, throughout these David Lean films mm. about the way people talk about women yep. in their movies. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's been nice fun times for, for a few of these movies where you're like, oh, it's just a light gag here and there. Until. You know? <laughs> this movie cranked it up to like 15. Oh. Not even like not even like a, a, a 11 with rock stars. A 15. Because, oh my Jesus, as much as I wanted to enjoy the ridiculousness of Charles Lawton bumbling around drunk constantly being an asshole oh my god this movie made it hard with just the way that it dealt with its subject matter because it's one thing if like you know he's there and like there's a side conversation where he he makes some jokes where you're like oh i'm not comfortable with these and then you can like move back to like the story a story where it's just jokes of dumb natures and things happening but this movie is end to end 
selling of women into marriage, right? Um, and how and how people of lower class don't deserve agency, mm-hmm. and even even the way he talks to his supposed friends, right, in the bar every time. It is just it is just painful. It hurts to watch this movie. <laughs> right? And the worst part about it is if you stripped away all of the all of the the ways in which the jokes were hurtful, right? And you kept like the spirit of like what the movie wanted to be, which is this comedic farce of like this man's life and his children getting them wed. Like I'm pretty sure someone could write that movie and it would be incredible right uh, acceptable <laughs> um but oh my god this movie was a pain damien yes help me here is there something to be gleaned from this uh only for people like me and douglas <laughs> yeah uh, there were there were definitely some 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 things but yeah the, the things that pain you andrew should pain you this movie is uh it's it is the the meanest spirited type of humor that there is uh but this is what i thought more of his movies was good if i'm being honest this is what i thought most of the movies were going to be and if you if you're able to laugh at the at the absurdity of the situation of the times of what people thought of and then use that to look at the present world and realize that there's still people who think these things that this is a type of thinking that has been passed down year after year after year and i'm sure he i mean this movie was uh, a comedy so some of the things i'm sure he exaggerated for comedic effect but there's clearly some things that it is a gen it is genuinely what the this era uh would accept as jokes uh which so you're saying what if i imagined Hobson as Trump. It's no, it is not imagining Hobson as Trump. When you hear people going forward say awful things about what men and women are capable of doing, what I hear in my head is this movie. <laughs> That's what I hear. It is why I don't respect these people. Right? I am pretty lenient with a lot of things that people say because most things that people say don't genuinely matter. Uh, But there's times when people say things and I have to stop them because they believe what this movie is. (laughs) There's men who, when you hear them talk about women, you're just like, is it that... You didn't have a mother or sisters. <laughs> How is it that you've gotten to here? No. Those men 
often tell me that these women put themselves in this position because they want something that these men can offer. And so it is justified in treating them like trash. And I've always had uh, the temptation to punch them directly in the face, but you can't do that anymore. You could back then. If it was in 1954, I could, it could just be handling fist fights, but you can't do that anymore because people have guns and they'll shoot you, especially here. Uh, but I, I, I thought about this BBC skit that they had that I've been playing for years um, when we started this um, <laughs> this marathon, um, we, it's the women know your limits um, mm-hmm. sketch. I know that sketch, and that's, it that is, sketch is hilarious it is, and horrible. All it is it is beautiful. <laughs> yes. How good that sketch is! Yeah. And then you watch this and you realize this is where it comes from. <laughs> like when I saw that sketch the first time, it felt yeah. it it felt so. Um, perfect. Like the, it is, it was such a perfect encapsulation of what old timey movies were. But I had only seen at the time a couple old timey movies. And when you watch this, you're just like, this is why all of that has become satire. No? Because exactly. Because I was saying it's a yeah. bit different, right? Because if it's what I think you're talking about, yes. then um, what that is, that is why i i love it is it's as right. you said satire right it's it's showing up how ridiculous exactly that view is exactly. um and making it into such a uh, an obviously like uh, right. falsehood or what or however you want <laughs> yeah. to call it that it just is funny this is more people saying well i mean this is what this is this what is, we do this is how we do it and also yeah. let's try and make it a little bit funny you yeah. know <laughs> and so you watch this and you're just like the fact that we made it to today is a miracle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, there, there's times when I when I'm like, listen, uh, you cannot benchmark against zero. You don't get to say because the world was garbage, say in 1954, <laughs> and it is less garbage today that we're doing better because we the standards change. That is what a benchmark is. The benchmark doesn't stay the same. Benchmark against something. You don't benchmark against zero. And then there's times I'm confronted with things like this and I'm like, no, there's definitely been progress <laughs> because this is, this is an absolute nightmare. Um, but... I, Andrew, even though this movie isn't satire, it wasn't built as such, I spent the entire time watching this movie laughing just at how ridiculous this movie is. Its premise, the acting, the every... Because in my head, it was just the women know your limits sketch <laughs> for, uh, uh, for two hours. And every time the women speak, every time he's... Like, it's so... Like, in my brain, I'm not hearing the, the movie because it's so ridiculous that my brain will not allow me to absorb it properly. I'm just seeing two hours of this sketch. Uh, 
And I, listen, <coughs> the movie and what the movie stands for is horrible. But if you have my brain, and I believe Douglas's brain, you will laugh for two hours. <laughs> you will not do what Andrew did, which is look at this and go, the world is trash, has always been trash, <laughs> and we need to stop all of this. That is what you should say. But if you're not doing that, then you're doing what me and Douglas did, which is laugh at this silly, silly movie. And I laughed at this movie a lot. A lot, a lot. But it is not specifically the movie's doing. It is my dumb brain. Uh, <laughs> just basically in disbelief for two hours that this is a real thing. Um, like if this was on Comedy Central today and it said 2020, you'd be like, oh, they're mocking Republicans. <laughs> so they're like... <laughs> they're mocking right-wing people uh this is perfect uh but it isn't this is a real thing that women i assume watched in the 50s and the very next day i assume they protested and burnt down a lot of things i uh, is my assumption but i wasn't there unfortunately you know i'm fortunately yeah i wasn't Douglas robinson what up did you enjoy this? Like oh, I, I enjoyed not. this. I did not. Um, there are obviously like dumb things that you could laugh at. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually, so there is one thing in particular that I did really like, and I'm trying to remember exactly which scene it was. I think actually it was a scene where Charles Lawton mm -hmm. was cussing out his friends, not really cussing them out, but but saying very naughty things about them while being drunk, and. Sorry, That's... you mean Henry Hobson, sir? Sure, Henry Hobson. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe Andrew said that Charles Lawton was his actual name, but sure. What? No, I'm, no, that is his actual name. Yeah. I just enjoy the name Henry Hobson. Okay. Oh, you don't... Uh, well, uh, there's a footballer, Douglas, uh -huh. with that name. Oh, is there? That is why I was laughing. Oh. Okay, that would have helped me like this even more. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> too late now. Yeah, much too late. But he's I think he gets up from his chair and they do this this gonzo angle of him and um his face is very much, you know, clownishly drunk. They have this angle um that you know they, they tend to do with like, you know, it's almost like the the patented coins brother coin brothers angle. And um, it it looks really cool, um, so I really like that. Um, obviously, this movie is technically good. Um, David Lean, uh, you know, knows what he's doing. But as you as you guys say, you know, a big part of this, and I don't really like to harp on things like this because what I well, sometimes with movies like this, you kind of strip away some of the things um, and try to, as you said, Andrew, you wonder what would this movie look like if it wasn't so reprehensible, if you were just looking at the core of it. What is it really trying to say? What is, what is the actual story that didn't need all of the, the disgusting 
side chatter, right? Um, and and what would that be? And I remember really like trying to focus on that. But you realize that it's really those things. It's really the um how the women are portrayed in this movie. It's really how um they they deal with the the difference or the the way that the boots hand what his name was i can't remember will i think was treated the way that not only was he treated but he was portrayed um from a i, I, I won't say by the actor because the actor was told what to say and how to say it but in the script in the actual story and all of that like really just annoyed me more than anything else um it, i mean the annoyance really cl came from just you know how can you how, how can you portray these people like this but you know in particular the way that will the, the boot hand was just inescapably stupid right and timid and unsure of himself and like that every time i saw him i just wanted to turn off the television um and was, then he was portrayed as subhuman exactly <laughs> and then the way that the 30 year old because that's what i'm going to call her i don't remember her actual name in the movie but the old maid um the her way character that, name was maggie maggie okay oh yes that's right because she was miss maggie ah, there we go I, again like the fact that he's anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um the way that like Things like when Miss Maggie finds out that he has a girlfriend and she's like, I'll take care of this and walks to her girlfriend's house and has a woman fight um, so to, to let her know that this is now her man. Like yeah. all of that kind of stuff. That it's, it, oh. it's and you know, I know how bad it is, Douglas. Like there were so many things you listed. I forgot about the woman fight part. I forgot <laughs> about him go, her going and being like, look, woman, this is my man now. <laughs> And her, like, listen, in the real world, there's nothing, I don't like to use the word wrong because people can always say whatever, but there is nothing wrong with um, something bad happening or, 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 you know, all of a sudden, whoops, um, actually, you know what, I was with this woman I probably made a bit of a mistake and I want to be with this woman or vice versa. This woman is like, hey, hey, you're, uh, you're the fella for me and I know you have this lady, but oh my goodness. You know, there's nothing like, it happens, right? Not going to say it's, it's that there's nothing wrong, but it happens and it's life fucking deal with it. But yo, <laughs> the way that this situation is portrayed... <laughs> Oh my goodness. And and the way that like Maggie has this kind of entitlement that but my name is Hobson. I you know am better than these subhuman poor people. And if I want to fuck this subhuman poor man, then this subhuman poor woman just need to fuck right off. And I mean wow, you know? Um but yeah. Uh, I thought you were confused about what this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So while I think that this movie is more enjoyable than the last one we spoke about, than than Oliver Twist. Yes. Um fuck this movie same way. <laughs> uh, uh, 
you guys are cowards that don't like. <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, listen, I know I enjoy this movie for only the wrong reasons, and I make no apologies for this. <laughs> uh, this movie is reprehensible, but I am not going to pretend that I did not enjoy watching <laughs> what should be a war crime. Like, I'm not doing <laughs> I've always enjoyed watching these old-timey type of things because it is... I... It is not a situation that I get to uh, <coughs> to see at all. Like, this is not... It's not... Like, you know what I just realized? Damien, you know yes. that this man was uh-huh. essentially played as if... I mean, we said subhuman, but specifically, mm-hmm. this man was a, was a little dog who yes. he literally... Like, he looked like whenever he made... Maggie happy. He looked like he was a dog wagging his tail, panting and very happy that he made his master happy. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. <laughs> this movie is uh, <coughs> is a reminder that the world was indeed different. <laughs> <laughs> and there are people who like to pretend that um, this depiction of the world uh, never took place, and oh, there are yeah. people who would like the world to return to this time. And so, like, <laughs> my <laughs> yeah, all of those people are. Yeah. <laughs> There's no better time. <laughs> Let's go back to a better time. <laughs> That's not how progress works. And I mean, let's not even talk about the sisters who yeah, like, need to be need to need to be led by their older sister to 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 trick their father into allowing them to marry fellows. Yep. Like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's awful. And then, oh, oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know, I didn't realize. I honestly did not realize that these were the oh. reasons why I hated this movie yeah. until I started actually talking about it. Uh-huh. And I blame you, movie, two of you. You're talking about a movie in which the, the plot of the movie is that he's trying to marry off his younger, younger daughters, immediately finds out he has to pay people to marry off his daughters, and then goes, no, dog, I don't do that. So no for me, you know, dog. These sisters are like working my shop for free. Mm-hmm. I will say there is something very fun about watching Henry Hobson, the footballer, uh, mm-hmm. make faces most of this movie. His, oh, he's his incredible. character work is incredible. Um, <laughs> the only other movie I can remember seeing him in was the, I think Billy Wilder directed it, um, oh, the nice. film uh, Witness for the Prosecution. Oh, okay. Um, Stop making up fake movies. <laughs> Nope, I'm double checking it here and I got it right. Um, it's great movie. Um, not as ridiculous, but definitely great. <laughs> um, he plays a a barrister who is like doing his. Uh, he has like a monocle, and he, <laughs> his thing 
his thing is that whenever he's interrogating people, he like reflects the light off his monocle to like beam down at the person and it makes them tell the truth. It's ridiculous. But at the oh. same time, the movie's less ridiculous than Hobbes' choice. Mm-hmm. I actually really like that movie. <laughs> um, it is old timey, like law room movie, law room courtroom movies um, with Billy Wilder and stuff. Um, but yeah. Fuck this movie. <laughs> um, so hard. Some it made me upset. <laughs> Andrew, I'm sorry. <laughs> you see how Possessor made you feel? This is yeah. how I felt with this one. No, because you genuinely like Possessor. <laughs> I, li- I basically enjoy this. Because uh, it reminds me of a time and place I was never there for. It's the reason I like hearing uh, racist things in movies. Because I wasn't there. It's, it's, it's like taking a vacation somewhere. Because <laughs> I escaped from reality. It's like, oh yeah, the world was trash. And then I come back to my yard and everything is fine. So moving right along. <laughs> from oh. that one Wait, did Renata see this movie? No, she did oh. not see this one. Uh, uh, you're a coward. <laughs> she, was, she was too busy working too hard to really notice what was going on with this one. Uh, you're a smart man. <laughs> I'm sure this would, have, this, yeah, this, this would have caused um, a <laughs> difficult conversation. <laughs> you laugh in the wrong spot and suddenly you're like dead. Then you don't say the Women know your limits. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, other things I should talk about. Other things I want to talk about on this podcast as I move right along from David Lean <laughs> and this movie. Uh-huh. Um, I only have a few things I want to mention. Um, the first two are really quickly one-offs because I've seen them a billion times and we know how we feel about them. Um, I rewatched Prisoners the Denny Villeneuve movie. Love that fucking movie so much. Um, I think the thing that made me laugh so much was I made Renata watch this movie. And kind of like us talking about the podcast movies, she's been like, you've watched so much trash. I put this on and she's like, so why can't we watch more good movies like that? Because we don't know what, <laughs> you know what good movies are. We could watch those. What's that, Prisoner we're still talking about? Mm-hmm. Prisoners. Yeah. Um, like that, movie. that movie is a ver- is certified banger now. Right? Can't, can't, can't miss. Um, also, it's November, guys. And you know what November means? No, I don't know what November means. No, it means it's James Bond month. Okay. I'm sorry, what's that now? Sorry, what was that? I'm sorry, how's so, that working? I was having this conversation with someone the other day. In my head, I associate the month of November with James Bond. And let me explain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is tied specifically to the U.S., and Thanksgiving, which is in November, but oh, every November, yeah. like TNT or some shit, would always have like all of the James Bond movies on a marathon at some point. And I feel like it's indirectly tied to Thanksgiving being November, but because of this, I would watch like a crap ton of James Bond movies in November just on TNT. Like I just throw it on and be like, which one are we in now? Roger Moore years, awesome. And just watch James Bond. So anyways, 
it's November, so it's James Bond month. I rewatched Doctor No yesterday. No. Um, a movie is still like it's hilarious. Like as the years go, for me to see these older James Bond movies and be like, this movie is such a cartoon. This is such a Saturday morning cartoon of a movie. I love it. Um, but also, it was the first time I think it actively entered my mind. And I had to check because of the release year to make sure. This movie came out the year Jamaica got independence. Hmm. Right? Um, so it's weird for me to watch that movie and like look in closely and be like, so you can imagine like a year before they're filming all of this and they're just like walking around being like, it's my country now. You people do your things as Sean Carter is like walking down the street. Um, and that's the awful thought that into my mind as I was watching this movie again and I was seeing like all of the characters, I'm, all of the non Sean Connery characters. I'm sorry, and you didn't like Hobson's choice? Um, <laughs> James Bond mutes itself enough, <laughs> right? Uh, I, like um, I like your justification. <laughs> I'm not a racist. You're a racist. <laughs> um, but anyways, talking about movies I've not seen before, that I need to mention anyways, um, a movie that I'm pretty sure I should have seen before, I possibly had seen before, but I know I had seen through osmosis at this point, um, A Time to Kill. Really? Or- I saw you do, you say something about that on the internet, and I was like, "Come on, I'm sure you you watched I'm it." I'm sure I probably watched it at some point. Watched like, yes, it. <laughs> I've I've heard all the jokes. Yep. We've made the jokes, right? Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, like watching this movie, I was like, I hadn't seen this movie before, and I was just I watched this movie, and weird the thing that got me right beyond all of the jokes we want to make, right? The thing that got me, and I think it just has to do with the fact that I watched the, all, this other movie like within the last four weeks, um, it's um, Anatomy of a Murder, is that it's so plainly obvious that this movie is just a updated Anatomy of a Murder where they just add in all the racial storylines of the time of the Ku Klux Klan and the, the, the Black family and all of the things going on where it's just that same story you even have the same drunk um band lawyer who the guy says i'm your best friend come and help me in the case you have to stop drinking though they even have the same well i mean all i feel like all murder case um defending movies are the same story of it was insanity um even (laughs) that's why he got off he was insane um and you've like literally everything about this movie is the exact same. You just swap Jimmy Stewart for for Matthew McConaughey. You swap um, George C. Scott for um, I've forgotten the guy's name now because it's been a week since I've seen this movie. The the prosecuting attorney. Uh, I do not want to look at the devil of all time. Why are you doing this to me, IMDb? Um, but yeah, the movie it's. It's there. I, it was okay. I was, I was watching this movie and I'm like, it is all right. I'd Kevin, rather watch Kevin the old Spacey. one more. It's Kevin Spacey, the guy? Kevin Spacey, yeah. I, I'm looking at the IMDb page, but it's been yeah. a long time. I probably last watched it around when it came out. I remember Sandra Bullock. Obviously, Sam Jackson and McConaughey. But wow. Oliver Platt was a surprise uh-huh. in, the, in the casting uh, line. Because Charles I was 
I always love to see Oliver Platt in a movie. Nothing, nothing makes me happier. Yeah, he's fun. Oh, look at this. The Sutherland um, family is in this movie. Kiefer Sutherland plays a racist. What? <laughs> who who basically brings the clan to the town like the clan hasn't been in the town for years and he's like you know what this town needs it needs a Kuduk clan and he brings the clan to the town so what um, does Donald Sutherland play then? Donald Sutherland plays the old drunk lawyer who gets to not drink for the case <laughs> to help Matthew McConaughey ah um, okay so he plays like Paul um uh paul what's his face paul jesus christ what's wrong with me <laughs> son uh, butch oh my god paul <laughs> fuck uh whatever you know who i'm talking about brain shut it, brain. down <laughs> that's cool what the burger does to you damn it paul Newman. <laughs> all right, moving right along. Um, so yeah, a time to kill. It's all right. But the movie I really want to talk about is a film from the year of 1998. And the movie is called The Quiet Family. This is a movie directed by one Mr. Kim Ji-woon. Um, the man who gave us films such as The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Um, a Bittersweet Life. And I Saw the Devil. Um, this movie is a, about a family in who decide to buy a lodge in the hills somewhere in Korea. Somewhere over out in the boonies and the family is doing their best to make the lodge work right they're not getting many customers but you know they're trying their best and as the customers start to roll in odd things start to happen and they just continue to show up dead each and every time and the family's response to this is your dog just bury me in the back <laughs> And the movie continues down this line of how more ways can people just die in this lodge? Sometimes they are intentional, i.e. suicides. Sometimes they are attempted murders. Sometimes people just take the wrong drugs while having sex. The movie is just a constant rolling thunder of these characters walking in on clans every morning and finding them dead. And having to continue to dig themselves deeper into the grave, quite literally as they are trying to not call the police because they say that they will, it will bring down the status of the lodge. They, they already don't have any customers. Why would you want people to know that people die here? And they lose and their it, license. Right. And it is ridiculous. And this movie, surprising to me, um, has quite a cast of characters who I love, included... Um, in Juan Park, who was in Thirst. It also has Min Sik Choi, who we know from films like Old Boy and I Saw the Devil. And Kang Ho Song, um, who is in a lot of Bong Joon Ho movies, to name them all. Um, I actually recently rewatched Memories of a Murder that he's in, and that movie remains fantastic. I'm looking forward to whatever new 4K release they're planning 
include i'm assuming criterion is going to do a release for them come next year because they're they were supposed to do a 4k they're finished doing a 4k restoration that they were planning to re-release in theaters but you know the pandemic happened um so i'm assuming there's going to be a home release update for that i think it's been released already because well first of all i remember not liking that movie i should watch it again oh you're so wrong i know right second of all i noticed on my google play that it was up there and they listed it as a 2020 movie and for a second i was like excuse me um so clearly they've already released the 4k remaster yeah so i'm just looking forward to whoever releases it on disc i'm assuming criterion will it's just my guess yeah right nobody else has uh, nobody else thinks that that makes sense <laughs> like how many people can buy it you and maybe Damian. yep <laughs> that's it <laughs> so yes um i don't know if you've seen this one yet damien the quiet family i have not um go so, give it a watch and as a side note i saw this on criterion channel because they have a series of korean films on there and i'm like looking through it being like which ones have i not watched and this was the first one i've watched off of it so i'm sure i'm going to watch a few more off of this list so we'll hear how that goes so yeah that's what i've been watching okay well i guess i'll go um simply because I'll have my short and sweet list uh, crammed in between two long, longer lists. Um, but I want to... I haven't really watched any movies, right? I've been watching a lot of rewatches, um, and uh, I've been enjoying myself. But I want to talk about one thing. One thing that I've discovered recently. Um, first of all, before I get into that, Andrew, we spoke about the Undoing last podcast. Are you still watching that show? I'm still watching that show. However, I've come to a decision that that show is trash television. Yeah, which is exactly what I told you it was going to be. <laughs> and you were all like, oh, it's going to be so great. Um, it is. And funnily enough, so I started from a baseline of knowing where it was going and hating it for it. And slowly but surely kind of resigning myself to what the story is and being okay with it. And it sounds like you, you're coming from the other end. So I'm starting to like it a little bit more. But no, you, you thought it was going to be, you know, um, golden television. And now I've realized it's garbage and have completely hated it. Am I correct? Well, yeah. I love it. I mean, I, I, love I mean, it. My one, my, my one hold on is that I'm enjoying all of the Hugh Grant bits. Oh, of course. Of course. So we are literally the demand and supply curve of shitty television. Um, so that's, that's something that I'm watching, watching a few other things. But something I really want to talk about today is a new television show. I don't know how new it really is, but it's definitely new to HBO Max, who would like you to think that it is their original show. Wink, wink. The fact that they all have British accents means it wasn't made in England. All right, guys? Cool. Um, there's no, a show... That's a very awful thing to say. <laughs> there's a show on HBO Max that just released by the name of Two Weeks to Live. It is fucking amazing. It is just 
the funniest thing I've seen in a while. I've spoken to, to Damien about it a little bit, and I would describe it as being akin to the end of the effing world. This show stars Maisie Whatsurface. I don't know her last name, I'm sorry. But she is, you know, the artist formerly known as Arya Stark. And it's about her and her travels in the world. More specifically, she, from the age of six, has lived with her mother and her mother alone in a cabin in the woods, um, you know, doing things like learning to, to fight and to, to live in some sort of post-apocalyptic world that she, she thinks it is. And the good thing about this show is they don't focus on it. They only let you know from time to time because it allows you to enjoy the jokes. Um, this movie is about the fact that she has left and the, the first thing that you see or, or when this show starts, the show starts after she's already run away from home. Um, she's left her mother a little letter to say, you know, uh, I had to leave. I knew you wouldn't let me. So guess what? I just ran away. And um, she bumbles around in the real world. Um, what, well, what she calls the real world and what essentially is civilization. Um, she meets a bunch of dumb people, like very stupid people, and does some very stupid things because she is led to believe that she, <laughs> she has two weeks. It's not exactly two weeks to live, but um, uh, she's led to believe that uh, the world is essentially about to end. So she's like, oh, well, I really did want to kill this guy who killed my father, so I'll just do that. And then shenanigans um, ensue from there. And this show, I think, the, the biggest sell for me is how self-aware this show is. In the first episode, it essentially like looks you in the face and says, we both know where this girl is from. This, and, and until we get it out there, we're not going to have ourselves a time. We're not going to enjoy ourselves. Right? You are going to keep saying to yourself, why am I watching the girl from Game of Thrones? Why isn't she back in Game of Thrones? Well, you know, I will allow you to enjoy a little bit of that and then please watch my show. Forget, don't, don't, you know, um, don't uh, make up what you want. Watch my show. But they make some jokes, Damian, Andrew, um, that are just fantastic. They make some solid references to that show um, without it feeling uh, like, you know, outside of what you're really watching. It's, it's perfect. This show knows exactly what it is and executes on its premise a hundred percent, a thousand percent. Um, this show's great. And it's, it's short, too. It's a half an hour show, and I think it's six episodes. It's, it's a quick watch. I, like, heartily recommend this. But that's it. That's all I watched this week. <laughs> or between podcasts. Damon White! Hi. And welcome to the unnamed movie podcast. Bingo. Uh, 
I watched a show that Netflix and Douglas has been telling me to watch uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks now. It is called um, X-Men's Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit! Um, here's the thing about the show. If you're worried about her skills, I know she shouldn't have castled at that point, but just it's a right. TV show. Just let it go. Okay? Right. Never has uh, my hatred for chess manifested more. No, I understand. Did you just scream horse <laughs> and trample right. at the show? Uh, right. My only tactic in chess for my entire life is using the horse to trample. And I. <laughs> don't think that is a legal chess move. <laughs> so I've always been pretty bad at chess. Um, I had a friend once that loved chess. Uh, and he had chess magazines. I think I had never seen. Wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. I didn't know chess magazines were real until this person started bringing them to school. And that is when I realized that chess is... Why didn't, why didn't he lend me any? Uh, that's when I realized that chess is a stupid game because you have to read books to be good at it. <laughs> and there's no Monopoly magazine. Uh, there's no Ludi magazine. There's no Domino magazine. There's strat guides. Uh, you are a monster. <laughs> and... The reason I had stayed away from this is because uh, I am not enamored with chess. And so watching the trailer, I was just like, boy, this doesn't look like I'm going to enjoy it at all. But chess is just the backdrop. What this show is about is the world's most salt girl of all time. Everything that can happen to her that is bad does happen to her. Uh, she's orphaned at the start of the TV show. She goes to a TV orphanage, which means it's a literal nightmare. Uh, she is adopted what I think is 15, but is told to pretend she's 13. And uh, the one thing she has is playing chess in the basement with the groundskeeper, which I'm fairly certain is a euphemism for very awful things happening. But the show skips that part. The man only plays chess with her. Doesn't play with her chest. No. This is not what this show is about. And then she proceeds to smoke everyone in front of her. And they hop in time. She's adopted. Uh, The adopted family is terrible. Uh, The father leaves. She and the mother agree to lie to the state so that they can stay as an adopt as a family. The mother drinks heavily and is promiscuous, let's say. And then she dies. Because of course. Um and but the, the reason this TV show works is the lead actress. She is incredible. And it is hard to not watch her do fairly routine things. Uh, it is established early that she's addicted to drugs 
and she likes to drink and smoke. And so she's there's self-destructive behaviors, and it is it is hinted. I mean, it's more than hinted. It's basically blamed on her upbringing. And but at the very end, everything wraps up in a neat, tidy little bow. Every bridge that she should have burned, uh, everyone comes back uh, for her in the end, so that she can win. The the story is pretty basic. The acting is superb, and that is what is truly good about this show. Um, and I like it. I enjoyed um, the seven episodes. It's short. I was hoping it was going to be longer. Douglas promised me a far better TV show, but it's fine. Um, I still fair, I promised you while I was in the middle of it, mm-hmm. I didn't get past the arc where it was just like, oh, it's really now just her aiming yeah. to beat this Russian guy. Yes. Because uh, at first, in those first few episodes, it's very much a character study, yeah. which is what was amazing about it, I think. Um, and I started rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender. This is on Netflix now. Wow. And uh, my memories of that show. Uh, is incorrect it is not as uh, at the time I thought it was something um, transcendent basically like the conversation we had with Ghost in this Shell I think I saw that as a teenager was blown away by the animation <laughs> and uh, ignored the fairly basic storytelling and it is very basic also, they do the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air thing where there's just some message at the end of each episode, which I didn't remember that they did that. And I kind of understand because it's on Nickelodeon, but it still is depressing uh, to watch them uh, basically tell one story and then try and wrap up everything in a neat bow at the end. I remember they get away from that in the subsequent season, at least I think so. I haven't made it out of the first season. Um, that show's incredible. So I'm continuing to watch that. Uh, I rewatched Just Mercy. I had come on this podcast and said very unkind things about this movie. I would oh, like, that's a movie? I've forgotten that movie existed. I'd like to redact some of the bad things I said. Absolutely this movie is fine. This movie is fine. <laughs> that movie is horrible. This movie is fine. <laughs> It looks very bad, and I'm it, never going to watch oh, that movie. You should never watch it. It is based on our true story, yes. and we all know how much you hate true story. Um, but I watch it again, and subsequent viewing, it isn't as bad as I thought it was the first. You thing. know what? You know what? I'd like to. I'd like to suggest a change for movie making practices. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that based on a true story should no longer appear at the beginning of movies the way they do. It should appear it should appear like that addendum in the credits where they yeah. say that there is no there is no, no animals were harmed in the movie. No animals were harmed or like there's any any relation, any coincidental right. relation and to no, other people is no lies were telling were, were told in the making of this movie. Are you trying to trick me into watching yes. movies with yes. heart? That's what yes. you're do. <laughs> pretty, much. <laughs> pretty much um i also rewatch jimini man yeah i still watch that movie um, douglas you don't have to uh 
I was trying to, I found a high frame rate version of the movie. The version I saw was in 24 frames standard. I found a 60 frame per second version of the movie. I don't know how they do it. I don't care. Um, but the the higher frame rate does didn't help the badness of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it, it was fascinating to see a movie behave like how all video games behave like that. Yeah. Um, it looked weird. Very. And <laughs> I still I still have not tried to watch that movie again, like at home, where it would be like the low frame rate, the yeah. regular frame rate. I've only ever seen it that one time in the theater where it was a high frame rate yeah. projection. It's, and I'm like, it's so weird. <laughs> it's weird. Um, there's points where it it feels it feels video game like I understand that they're shooting in the real world, but it felt video gamey. And I know that's because I played so many video games that this feels out of place, but it I I didn't it it wasn't fun <laughs> watching it. Did you did you get that feeling when it was like real people in the high frame rate, not like fully CG scenes yeah. where obviously like the video game yeah. thing get takes over, but like when it was real people, that feeling where it feels almost like security camera footage. It felt uh, was you know in in the Uncharted games where there's like a close up for whatever reason. And then they slowly pan away so that they can show you the game world. It felt as if the close-up didn't move. <laughs> like when people were talking, I was just like, this looks wrong. It's also, uh, the depth of field in this movie is off. I don't, know why, I don't know if it's the frame rate that makes me feel that way. But there's something wrong <laughs> with how like, the background moves. And it it was not pleasing, <laughs> uh, but that movie is that movie is bad and remains bad, and uh, no one, I mean, no one is going to watch it. So I, I, I don't know. Why. I don't think anyone watched it when it came yeah. out. I don't think anyone will watch yeah. it now. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, yeah. uh, so in preparation for Tenet actually coming out, I rewatched the Black Klansman, and. I've made a decision that I'm going to edit. I'm going to director's cut this movie. The entire end part where Spike Lee loses his mind and becomes more Spike Lee. The second that started, I hit pause because I didn't remember. I was enjoying the movie so much that I forgot that Spike Lee did that at the end. And when it started, I was like, no, Spike Lee, you don't trick me. And that movie is good if you can block out <laughs> can you do the same for the, the five bloods no because that's a bad movie in my in my head i've already made the edits and liked the movie i want to see <laughs> no it's true i feel like every good spike lee movie is exactly like that because mm -hmm. i like even though I, I think i might be alone on this one but i like like the 25th hour um and it's exactly that. It's a good movie until in the end Spike Lee does his rant. And then right. if you if you cut it out, then it's a good movie. Just Even like, um the his biggest movie to date, um, the the one with Clive Owen. Um mm -hmm. the, the bank job. job. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
it's a great movie until in the end where like the mm-hmm. they have the rant again. Yes. Like that's that's his MO, you know? Cannot help himself. He cannot. And also like as the years have gone on, he's gotten more further and further away from like the Hollywooding system, I feel. So it's given him more license to to bore me to tears. Um I, immediately after watching Black Clansman, the movie that popped into my head to watch was Three billboards of Ebbing, uh-huh. Missouri. And good Lord, this movie is perfect. <laughs> if there are flaws with this movie, I defy someone to tell me them. <laughs> this is a perfect, this is a 10 out of any number of stars. This movie is amazing. What if it's 100 stars? Uh, then it's the 10 superstars. It's like the star within us. It's fantastic. Uh, it's like the green stars in Mario, right? Uh, okay, I forgot Peter Dinklage was in this movie. Oh yeah, saw him. I smiled a lot. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Caleb Landry Jones too. Yep, Woody Harrelson is in this movie. But the the reason this movie is fantastic is uh, Francis McDormand and Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. I was tempted to watch Iron Man two. Just to watch Sam Rockwell in that movie. Damien, that's the only reason to watch that movie. <laughs> I and remember. Hey, how <laughs> dare you? How dare you erase Mickey Rourke? <laughs> he's amazing in that film. He knows what character he's playing. I agree. Now, here's the thing. That movie's amazing. That could be the best Iron Man movie. I, I cannot I cannot have this conversation. <laughs> I refuse to. I refuse to have this conversation. That movie is so bad. It's You're so perfect. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, we've spoken about three billboards, but we don't speak enough about three billboards. It is... Oh, my God. Like, despite the... The the subject matter of this movie being so awful, I watched a movie with a smile on my face the entire time. Just having this movie wash over me again. It is... Uh, boy, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> that movie is something else. And the last movie I will talk about, it is a movie that... Uh, Cody did this. I had no say in the matter. In fact, when the movie was starting, I didn't realize what movie it was until a little ways in. Uh, I watched It Comes at Night again. And I think, Douglas, was it you that wasn't like 100% with this movie? I didn't go back and check. Um, yeah, it was me. Douglas, I... Wait, no, hold on. Sorry, it comes at night. No, this one. No, I like this one. I thought this was something else. Sorry. Yeah, I really like this one. Andrew, was it you? Possibly. All right. Um, I don't have a great memory of this movie. Andrew Robinson, I need you to go back and watch It Comes at Night. Uh, Have you seen the guy's new movie, Damien? Absolutely not. (laughs) Okay, good. Don't watch it. Uh, I have it. It is called Waves. Don't watch it. And the only reason I have it is because the guy made It Comes at Night. And there's a lot of people from It Comes at Night in this one. 
and I haven't watched it because it looks bad. <laughs> uh, I, I think my hierarchy for horror slash suspense movies at this point is Trick or Treat 1. I, I don't see anything coming close to Trick or Treat at any point. Um, a Quiet Place is 2. And I think it comes at night. I think I might like this more than The Witch. The, sorry, The Vivitch. How dare you? I think this is a, I think this is a superior movie. I agree. Um, I really, really, really enjoy. The, like it, it does the thing where it doesn't show a monster, and it makes you f the. It is so oppressive because all you see, like you start the movie, like a quiet place. You start the movie, and everything is already gone to hell. And so you're just there and you watch people look at each other and they don't look at each other with any sympathy. They don't look at each other uh, with any optimism. Like everyone they see is a threat. And just everything goes bad. And then you watch his family come apart and I was just like, this is... Instead of people talking about garbage like contagion, the movie people should have watched at the start of this pandemic is it comes at night. So that no one would we'd we'd obey social distancing way better if we force everyone back in March. We're like, watch it comes at night. And then no one would talk to it. Everyone would stay in their homes and we'd have been through this pandemic already. Uh, that movie is terrifying. I, I, I love it. I love that movie so, so much. Um, and then I saw Garbage that we talk about all the time. Uh, I may have watched Thor 3 twice last week. I might have. Thor 3? Yes, the third Thor. There's three of them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, man. Oh, you counting the Avenger movies. Right. He was oh. in Thor 1. Then he, he was, was in Avengers. He was in Avengers. Yeah. Then he was in Avengers 2. And then he was in Thor. Yeah, the and then Thor 3. Thor um, the movie. Yeah. Ragnarok, the movie. The right. First movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. What, what do you think I was talking about? I, I was I was just confused at first because I couldn't I, I couldn't remember any other Thor movies. Listen, movie and video game naming has been broken for a good long time, <laughs> so I don't know how they come up with these numbers. Uh, because every Captain America movie is technically an Avengers movie, and then they're like Avengers three. No, no. <laughs> that's not how that's not how numbers work. <laughs> That's so true, and I think that's why <laughs> the Captain America movies have become so good. <laughs> yeah. The first one was a Captain America movie. Everyone since is an Avengers movie. Yeah. 
And they're just like, no, dog, that's not Avengers. I'm actually like, sad that it's clear they're like, we're not going to do any more Captain America movies. I mean, uh, if the if the lead guy is like, I'm out. Oh, is is that what happened? I didn't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's yeah, like uh, him and him and Downey. They're like, we've done our time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I didn't know that mm-hmm. he was actually actively saying, "Hey, I'm done." Yeah. I just thought it was one of those things where they're like, "I mean, sure, we don't need you for now. Yeah. We'll throw money at you later." Yeah. 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 How much time has James Bond said he's not James Bond anymore? I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Mark Strong is one of his actual friends. Mm-hmm. And I've seen Mark Strong do interviews where he's talking about it. And he's like, yo, I don't know that Daniel Craig can do that again enough. Yeah. And then he keeps going. <laughs> and then Sony's just like, hey, do you still like money? <laughs> it's like an abusive relationship. <laughs> I'd take an abusive relationship if they paid me that kind of money. <laughs> I'm playing Hades now and I uh, still am not good at it yet. It is upsetting. I, uh, Andrew, this might be the first console generation that I've looked at my old consoles and gone. I don't even, I don't even want to, I don't want to touch these cultures. I don't want to look at you. <laughs> people. <laughs>